0: and go to the book of second timothy chapter one. 2 timothy chapter one way in the back of the new testament if you have a papal bible if you have uh whatever you have iphone an ipad have god's word let's look at god's word this morning <clears throat> second timothy chapter chapter one verse three and let's look to see what god says this morning said he says i thank god whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, greatly designed to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfaithened fate that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. Now jump to verse 14. Or chapter 3 verse 14. I'm sorry. Of the same book. And it says there. But continue thine in the things which thou hast learned. And hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And I had from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith. Which is in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you Lord for this passage of scripture. And I just pray, Father, as we continue to go to the month on the family, and I just pray, Father, help me to give justice to this passage. Also, Lord, give me the words to preach, Lord, this morning. And I pray, Lord, if there's someone unsaved here today, may they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we continue our theme on the family this morning, but our theme for the year is more of Jesus, less of me. Well, we wanted to understand what is our position within that family. What is our position? If you are a grandmother, if you are a mother, if you are a wife, if you are a husband, if you are a child, young or old, what is your position with your family? Now, I want you to remind you something here. We, if you saved here today, you are part of a family. You are part of the family of God. So, what is your position within that family? What, how are you supposed to function within that family? You see, you either are the family of, I don't want to say that because people get offended, but I'm going to say it. You know, if you're not saved, you are the family of the devil. You say, oh, that's harsh. Well, that's the truth. Or you are in the family of God. And people don't want to hear that. And we live in a world today so political correct that we don't dare offend anyone. You know, sometimes we need to read the Gospels and see what Jesus had to say. Uh, and Jesus called people hypocrites and, and, and serpents and, and vipers and oh, You know, he did. He didn't hold it back. Why should we preachers hold it back? We're not here. Listen, we're not here to down people and to be mean to people. We're here to preach God's word. At least as my, my intentions. So you uh, leave uh, knowing God's word. So this morning we're going to look for the word committed. Committed. Are you Committed. So this morning we are continuing our study in a home, in a family. So although many may disagree, I'm convinced that the home is the foundation of society. Yeah. Yeah. Where the home goes so the society. Look at today. Today is very common and acceptable, people living together. You show me in the Bible where that such teaching comes about. And so we have churches. And preachers would not dare touch the subject because it might offend someone in the church. Well, people need to know the truth. Right. Living together outside the bounds of marriage is sin, living in sin. How right. can God bless that? No, because it's against God. It's simple. But But everybody's doing it. Folks, not everybody's doing it. Some folks are doing it. Some folks are not doing it. Okay? So, whether you like, or, uh, like it or not, society bears a striking uh, resemblance of a home. So the value and traditions of the home mold and shape our society. As we like it or not, there's a cruel reality that tradition values that once was uh, notable and once it was upheld high and esteemed high, and the home is no longer being accepted in today's society. So we the traditional home and you know, in, in the way the values what families hold together, today is, put it aside. So today we want to make families look different. So uh, a man and a man is okay because they love each other. And a woman and a woman is okay because they love each other. And they want to force that on people to say, it's okay, they love each other. Where were you to judge? What does God say about that? It's not about me, what I'm going to say. I'm not even going to say anything. What does God, what does God say about that? Oh, God doesn't say anything. Oh, well, really? Then you need to read the Bible to see what God says. And I know there's some Bibles out there that took those things out. So, you know, people don't get offended when they read it. And the Bible gives a strong warning about those people that do that, about taking things out of the Bible. I can compare Bibles. I see some verses are literally taken out of the Bible. There's not a complete Bible. So, in today's passage, we're going to discover a home where the example of a strong, committed faith was passed from one generation to another to another. Actually, we're going to look at three generations here, a people who were committed to have God in the center of their own personal lives. He went went from grandmother to mother to a son. So, may this message today touch the heart of our young people here this morning, So they can understand it's okay to go to the same church where mom is. It's okay to go to the same church where grandma is. It's okay to worship with them. And sometimes you're like, oh, listen. Let me put it this way. I went to a church that I was thinking this morning, it's over 40 people in my family that went to that church. (laughs) Look at all my cousins, my, my aunt, my uncles, my, my 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 grandmother, my grandfather, all the whole family, i counted count it in town and like, yeah, we were like maybe close um, between 40 and 50 people, we won't enter the same church. Nobody complained about it. Okay, so some people that know oh I cannot no listen. We were here, we see three generations of people, three of them. So may our young people keep in mind, like I said, it's okay to serve in the same church with mom and dad and grandma and everybody else. Actually, let me share, let me talk like over 50 people in my family. Our passage this morning gives us a wonderful example of a committed faith that traveled from one family member to another family member to another family member. So let's look at a few minutes at this passage committed from several points. All right? Number one, the baton of faith. The baton of faith. Did you ever run a race and they have a baton? It's an Olympic game, right? I ran that. And you run, you run, you run, and you pass the baton to another person, and then run, run again, and they pass the baton to another person until you get to the finish line. You ever ran that race? Oh, I was just, I'm the only one that ran that race. Uh, you know, I love when you're in a hurry of passing the baton, you drop the baton, and a person picks up the baton. I remember one time this... Um, this guy was a tree race with the baton. And the middle one, the guy that ran the, in the middle, he was very strong, very athletic. And, when, and the other guy, the last one, was not that. But he was ahead of the game. And, and when he got to give the baton, the other one, he dragged the other kid with him. Kept dragging him and running with the baton to get him ahead because he was not a good runner. He went up lo- losing the, the, the race anyway. <laughs> yeah, but he was trying to help him. I told him, I said, you should run the race with them anyway. <laughs> well, I had to pass the baton as the rule. <laughs> So no doubt that we live in a day and age on which some Christians are accused of being, listen to this, too holy, too faithful, too committed. Some of them even are accused of being legalists because of their deep intent or deep devoted to the, or, uh, for the, that the love they have for God. I've been accused of being legalist. I've been accused of being too holy. You say, really? I, I, believe me, I, I'm not going to say no. Because I've, I've, I've been accused of that. So really, Listen, everything I do for God is because I love the Lord. You either follow me or don't follow me. I mean, I love the Lord, so I'm doing for the Lord. But some people think you're just too holy. All right, so I'm too holy. Is that that contagious? Good. Okay. So now I'm not going to talk about legalism here this morning. That's another lesson for another time. That is actually a topic for a different time. So this morning I'm going to talk about commitment. In a family that passes from generation to generation, we're going to talk about faith here this morning. So in this passage we see three generations of people on which it was passed from one to another. Let me tell you this. There's no father here in this picture. We don't know what happened. He either died or he moved away. I don't know. We don't know what happened. Some preachers believe that he have died. I don't know. Maybe he did, have, he did die. But we see a grandmother, a mother, and a son here for sure. So in this passage, we don't see young Timothy complaining about his grandmother or his mother of being too holy or too devoted. We don't see Timothy uh, taking heed of, of fr- his friends counseling and say, "Where in the world do you live? Why are you following this old people going to church?" We don't see that. We see a man actually that became a pastor. So he grew he grew in his faith by watching his grandmother and his mother, and then he continued by the example of Paul. Which calls him his son in the faith. So folks, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Believe me, my mom and dad were church-going people, but neither one of them was saved. You, know, you folks know that. Let me tell you that there was there were there were three benefits for living in a Christian home. There great benefits for living in a Christian home. And I'm glad that my children were raised in a Christian home. I understand. Listen, yeah, I, And I see this happen over and over again. Mom and dad love the Lord. Mom and dad raise their kids in the ways of the Lord. And they grew up and they walk away from God. Let me tell you, mom and dad, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. You're still going to church. You're still loving the Lord. It's not your fault. It's their bad decisions. They listen to their peers, they question God, they question the Bible. Like they know more than God knows. It's all, oh, but God is not very clear about this one. It's because He doesn't want you to know more than that. Don't you know what we know in the Bible? That's exactly what God wants us to know. We tried in this day and age, we tried to know more than God knows. He put in the Bible exactly what we need to know. If we got to know everything, there will be all God's here. God is God. Some things He choose not to reveal to us. If people say, well, what kind of fate is that? It's my fate. Everybody has fate in something. So mom and dad, do not blame yourself. I'm glad that my children are raising Christian homes. Actually, if you were raised in a Christian home, don't take that for granted. Take what, you, what your parents taught you about God's Word. Take what is good. I like, I like eating fish, you know. you eats fish with bones. I grew up eating fish with bones. There was no such thing as filet. <laughs> You know, came with the heads and the tails, and we had to. And the fish were looking at you. You're gonna eat me? I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'm gonna eat you. I like, you know, like cut the heads. I like, you know, I. I know some people they used to chew the head. (laughs) Believe me, I'm. All right, I'm trying to be gross here, but I know people they's trying to eat the head. But you know, these that came with come with the tails and the heads. But anyway, but what do you do when you eat a piece of fish with meat and bones? You Take the meat and you leave the bones to the side, right? The same thing. Listen, there's no person that can't say, my mom and dad were perfect. There's no such thing. Mom and dad make mistakes. All right? Sometimes big mistakes. But let me tell you this. Take what is good, take the meat, and put the bones aside. Because I believe that your mom and dad taught you something good. Right? Right? You cannot say, oh, my mom and dad was just bad. I don't think so. There's something good that came out of there. So mom and dad, whatever was good, take it. Whatever the bones are bad, put it aside and say, oh, I don't agree with that. But don't hate God because your mom and dad was devoted to the Lord. And say, I'm not to do with God because, oh, my mom and dad's religion. If you say religion, you are on the wrong. You may be unsaved. Or he may be rebellious to the core. So folks, like I said, I'm glad that my kids grew up in a Christian home. I don't make decisions for them today, especially those who are married. But let me tell you, I continue to serve my Lord. There's no doubt that Timothy, uh, had, uh, his mom and dad had an impact on him. So letter A there, number one, it was passed on. That was a, a baton of faith that was passed on. When I call to remembrance the fate and faith that is in thee, look what it says, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that I so in thee. Paul is saying to Timothy, you know, this faith that you have, I see the same faith in your grandmother and your mother. It's not like it's, not, it's a genuine faith. It was passed on. So although Timothy may not uh, now realize that potentially uh, uh, he possessed Paul, realized uh, faith was evident in his life. In other words, Paul saw the evidence that Timothy was a man of great faith. The question is here, uh, was where did uh, Timothy got his faith from? From his grandmother and his mother. As Paul thought of Timothy and prayed for him, he was reminded of the unfaithing um, faith uh, he possessed. Let me put it this way. You might be here this morning, you would be a single mother. You might be the first person that got saved. What a blessing. What a privilege to bring, to, to, to get that faith that you have to your kids. And your kids will pass them to their kids. Life is hard for single moms, isn't it? Very hard. They're mom and dad at the same time. Life is hard for single dads. They're mom and dad at the same time. It's not easy. But let me tell you, you can't pass your faith to your kids. They can see that genuine faith in you. By reading God's word, by living God's word, by telling them what the Lord says. Don't you think that you're wasting your time? You're not. You're shaping tomorrow's generation. Follow that? You're shaping tomorrow's generation. I love last week. I know most of you don't like football. But last week, one of the quarterbacks quoted scripture right on camera where did he learn that from? He say wow he quoted scripture right there in front of him. he didn't care about anybody it was just, you could see his face as fate was coming out and he expressed it So Paul describes Timothy's faith was on faith. I mean something like was not going to go away he was faithful to the core. This reveals faith that is sincere without hypocrisy, genuine, real, and true. Timothy possessed real faith, a faith that was unmovable. How many young people I have witnessed through the years on which uh, lived strong and, and uh, came from godly homes, homes on which the Word of God was open regularly, homes on which prayer was evident, homes on which God, uh, God's name was mentioned daily, homes where faith and love for God was evident. Unfortunately, many of those kids, this, those kids' fate was changed when they put their feet in certain colleges, in a workplace, and amongst their peers. You go to church? Really? Where do you go to? Waste your time there? They teach you in the back about good friends and bad friends. I'll tell you why. If you find those friends there, give you the wrong counseling, they're not your friends. They're not your friends. Unfortunately, many of those kids have adopted the ways of the world and have s- spoken against their own parents many times, their own parents' faith. Fortunately, this was not the case of young Timothy. In our home church, there was a young man that called us a bunch of kooks. He called his mom and dad a kook for their faith. How sad that you come to that point. What are you going to do? Call God a cook too? See, you can walk away. You know when you learned that in college? In a Christian college. You say, I'm not saying the Christian college is bad. I'm talking about is what happened in the dorms and the discussions that happen in the dorms. You know how many times my kids call me about a situation in the dorms, the discussions that are going on? And you just want to be there and just preach to those kids? Because you understand, when, you have, when you're in the dorm with other kids, there are different views in there, different homes they came from. You're either strong, in fit, and you stand up, or they will just push you to the side. It amazes me how many Christian young people I witness uh, quite a bit of this who grew up in loving homes with the Word of God next to them, all their lives went to church, and they continually learned from God. His Word and his relationship with the Lord were easily persuaded by so-called friends and walk away from everything they, they were taught. Timothy was not one of those. He allowed to be persuaded by others. He, he was strong and faithful. Let me put this way. I, I can look at the Bible and see young people. Daniel. I can see Joseph. I can see Timothy right here. Those were people that did not wave. And they not let people influence them. The three friends of, of Daniel, they said, you can burn us and make shush kebab out of us, but you're not going to convince us. You know what? When a genuine faith is in you, nobody's going to move you. Let me put it this way. Young people, I mean older people, be careful with YouTube, and some other Places that we read stuff or watch stuff that's so unbiblical. You know why? You got the Word of God, stick with the Word of God. Amen. That's it. Sometimes we want more and more. Listen, stick with the Word of God. There's everything we need. It's right here. There's so-called programs sometimes and videos that we watch. It's so mm, half-truths in there and enough to deceive people. Thank you. Let it be, it was a first lived by family members. So which, look what it says, which dwell, verse 5, in thy gran- grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. So I live long enough to tell you that friends come and go. But family sticks like blood. Yes. I live long enough to tell you that family is a good thing to have. Paul recognized Timothy's life that had been greatly impacted by mother and grandmother. Listen, dad was not there. Again, I don't know what happened to dad. Did he die? Was he traveling? I don't know. Did he just left the family? We don't know. We know something here. That was a single mom and a grandmother there. But let me tell you, those were strong women right here. They possessed the same fate, and they were consistent in sharing with Timothy. This presents a great challenge and encouragement to all of us here. Although Timothy's grandmother had not failed to instill faith in her daughter, that impact, uh, that, that impact her to instill faith in her, her son. So it went from... Grandmother to mother and to the son. You say, Pastor, but I I tell my kids all the time. They're not listening to me. Okay, just keep telling. Keep living the life of a Christian, the way Christians should live. Let let them see your light shine. Don't give up because they don't want to hear it. Keep doing it. As far as I know, this is the only time these two ladies are mentioned in the scriptures right here. We have no record of any other contribution they made. It. They live for the Lord. We know that. And like me and you, we're not in the Bible. But God knows the way we live and the way we serve Him. There's no record of their employment or their endeavors. However, what we know is, Noah here is encouraging. If they accomplish nothing else of significant value, they help shape a young man who would be used mightily of God to spread the gospel. Every soul that was saved under Timothy's preaching would be fruitful or will, uh, 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 be fruitful added to their, their account. Let me put it this way. Listen, my mom and dad are not, uh, they were not Christians. My dad got saved right before he died. But I tell you what, I praise the Lord for my mother. My mother would preach to me at the door every time I left. In the morning before I went to work, don't do this, don't do this. Mom, I already heard this a thousand times. In the afternoon, I came home, take a shower, went out, don't hang with this guy. Mama. I already heard that. You know what? But today I look back, praise the Lord for my mother. Amen. She loved me enough to tell me that things that I didn't want to hear at the time. You know? And I did roll my eyes on my mother many times because it was the same repeated thing. Maybe that's why I repeat myself many times. <laughs> <laughs> Get this. Timothy did not walk away from his faith and allow the world or anyone else to shape him. He saw and learned from his grandmother, and that it was, and that his mother as well. And then he had Paul instructing him. So let us see, it was manifest in Timothy's life. I am persuaded that in thee also, Paul testifies us to Timothy. The faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mother, I see it in you. Isn't that great? Paul had witnessed enough in the life of Timothy to know he to possess the faith of his mother and grandmother. It didn't have to be spoken of. It was lived in the young man's life. Timothy's faith was evident for others to see. Faith uh, at Benning still in Timothy was evident due to, to, to the way he lived his life. And let me tell you this way. Same thing. Listen, our faith is to be lived. When you're not in church, when you're by yourself in the world, when nobody knows you're even a Christian, our faith is lived there. Because think about it. You take your name of your family with you, but also you take your name of God with you because you're a Christian. You follow that? My dad used to, one time, I had to say this before here. My dad approached me. I was a teenager. And my dad said to me, I need to talk to you. And And if you knew my dad... And those of you who know my dad and my sisters could testify that my dad was not a a man of many words. He was quiet. When my dad told me, he said, son, I don't know where you go. Especially was he in America, he said to me, he said, listen, where you go, please respect my name. My dad is in heaven for almost 12 years now. And I tell you, I still remember those words. Respect my name. Don't put my name to shame. Let me put it this way. Are we Christians? We need to respect God's name where we go. We are the children of the living God. So, look, where are you going? If you, listen, whatever you are this morning, what situation in life you are this morning, wherever you go, you represent your family, your earthly family, but you represent God's family. Something to take into consideration. So this, it was manifest in the life of Timothy. He was a faithful young man. Oh, may our young people be faithful today. You know, we our world is so full of entertainment, so full of nonsense, that we miss God's best. And we indulge in the bait of this world. It's like a dumb fish. You ever see, you ever you went, You went? he likes the fish. Yeah? I don't fish in years. But I mean, you ever see, you ever went to clear waters and actually see the fish, and you with the bait, mm-hmm, bite it, bite it. And he goes... And you go, you dumb fish. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about us? We are baited by the world. And we know what's gonna happen. But we do it anyway, like a fish. Mm-hmm. So the life of faith is manifest was manifest in Timothy. So parents, don't matter how old your kids may be, parents take this to heart. Don't matter how old you make you kids may be, what they do and what they become. Are you ready? Don't give up on them. God does not give up on you. You are a child of God. God does never give up on you. Don't give up on your kids. But they're not doing what I told them to do. Don't give up on your kids. They're not living the way they should live. Don't give up on your kids. There's a reason for you to pray. Put your name there in your prayer list and give you... Take your name to the Lord and give them to the Lord. Lord, my kids not living the way I want them to live, not living according to your precepts, but Lord, I'll give them to you. Number two, number, uh, number two. the effect of Scripture. Look what it says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast ensured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul, right, he encouraged Timothy. He said, Timothy, I know of your faith. I know it's unmovable. But he says, continue on. Continue on. Don't give up. Hey, Paul was an encourager, wasn't he? Don't give up. it's sad when young people who had witnessed their parents spending quality time on the Lord, reading the Word and praying, never saw that to be an example that they could apply to their own lives. Let me tell you this. Oh, goodness. May we be in that example. May our kids know that we read the Bible. May our kids see that we pray. May our kids see that we do good in the name of the Lord. Amen. May they see that. What is that better? For our kids to see us drunk or see us reading the Word of God. Amen. What is better? When they have the memory of you and looking back, I say, oh, I saw my dad in there with his Bible open. Oh, I saw my dad with a bottle in his hand drunk. You know what Timothy got? The example of a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And he, he, Paul says, that was good stuff that you got. Let me encourage you now. Do you know why, do you know why the Wilds, New England started a devotion time called God and I time for young people this, uh, uh, every morning? If you go to the Wilds, New England, they have God and I time every day for the kids. They have that. They give that time for the kids on which they want them to open their Bible, and spend time with God. You know why? I talk with the person that leads that thing. You know why they started that? Because most young people don't spend time in the Bible. They don't read their Bibles. They don't. I say, why you know, Pastor? You no? Because it's surveys being made. And the question Ben asked. Don't you know we have a God and I time? That I send every day. He said, Pastor, I don't get that. You can get it there. Just let me know. God and I time goes out every day. You know what? I'm not saying that you don't spend time in the Word of God. I just want to encourage you. Just a brief thing about the Lord every day an encouragement as we start the day. And I make sure that thing goes out, what, 6 o'clock or 6.30 in the morning, whatever. Sometimes, uh uh-huh, I go (laughs) 7. But it goes out. You know, I sent my my devotion to one of my teachers in college. Mrs. McKeever, I don't know if she's watching us or not, but she's in church. But Mrs. McKeever, she's such a godly young lady. We used to call Mother McKeever. <laughs> and I send her every day, and she, she, she loves it. She sends me one too. I send her one, and she sends me one. <laughs> but anyway, God and I time. Why do we need that God and I time? We need to be reminded of the goodness of the Lord every day. That A, we see the encouragement. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of. The word, the world in Timothy's, uh, that Timothy lived, was a world consumed with evil. And Paul says right here continue on, don't give up. The challenge and responsibilities of ministry itself would require much of his time. And talking about Timothy here, Paul knew the importance of protecting time to read and study the Word of God. He desired Timothy to continue on in the Word. This was the idea of enduring, abiding, remaining, and standing up on. When the world uh, uh, brought adversity and challenges, faith uh, and Timothy was resolved what, to stand on and continue on. May we do the same thing. May, may we continue on in the things of the Lord. Oh, But I'm by myself. So I don't, listen, in season, out of season, open your Bible every day. Pastor, I don't have a Bible. Buy one. If you can't afford to buy a pair of pants and a shirt, I think you can't afford to buy a Bible. Oh, I have a Bible in my, in my uh, iPad. Buy a paper Bible so you can put notes in there. The encouragement. Paul encourages young men, don't give up, keep on going. You know where Timothy went? He represented his family. Now it will be received the confidence. And that's been assured in Verse 14. No one of whom thou hast learned them. Where did you learn those things, Timothy? Where did you learn all those things about God? Where did you learn to live this way? Where did you learn how to behave this way? Where did you learn how to speak this way? Grandmother and mother. That's what he learned from. You see that? Timothy had a background, a strong background of a grandmother that was godly and a mother that was godly. Mothers, don't waver. Stay strong on what you believe. But they don't listen to me. Stay strong on what you believe. Now, he once again, right here, let me put it this way. I went ahead of myself a little bit. So Paul, uh, Paul, uh, clearly Paul has been the primary instructor of, in, uh, of Timothy here. Because Timothy became a pastor here, but paul is, this, is become, becomes his father in the faith but and now he once again he, uh, be impacted by a godly i mean he went he had the the fate of his ma- as a grandmother and a grandmother impacted him, but now he has the impact of another godly man which is Paul. you know what true life we choose our mentors. follow that true life we choose our mentors we can choose evil mentors. We can choose the bad friends. We can choose people that will build us up. Timothy went from his grandmother to his mother to a church planter. Paul. No, who are the people who have impacted you in your life? Who are the people that have made a difference in your life spiritually? Who are the people that when they speak to you about godly things, you listen and take to heart their words? Who are the people that you know that they love you enough to tell you the truth about God and His Word? Who are these people to you? Now, who are the people that you know have the potential to push you away from the things of God? Who are the people that you know they have the potential to push you away from God's house, God's Word, and godly living? If you are listening to me, I think you would it would, be, it would be wise if you don't hang around those type of people. They will contaminate you. They will shape your mind with things of this world, and they will drag you out of church and I, they drag you out of God's word. And you begin you become a casualty. Folks, I'm not preaching something that I'm inventing here. I seen it. I seen Christian young men in jail. Why? Because they listen to the wrong friends and hang around with the wrong people. I've seen that. I've seen young people committed crimes. Why? Because they hang around with the wrong people. I've seen young men passed out in church with too much drugs in their system. Who are the people that drag you away from God? Who are the people that bring you to God and encourage you in the Word of God? We live in a very challenging society, don't we? I think this message goes from why young people in our church this morning than the older people, but anyway. Number three, you see the potential of the word in our lives, the potential of the Word in our lives. Look what it says in verse 15, And that from a child that I known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. So, folks, in order for homes to be strong, we individually need to, to, uh, to have the proper perspective of God's Word. And listen, I'm not going to read my Bible because my mother made me to. I'm going to read my Bible because I want to. But don't make like a, use that excuse and never read God's word, that tells you where your fate is. When we look at the Bible, we are not looking at an ordinary book. We are looking at the living word of God. Amen. That's right. A book that has transformed your lives for long many years now, centuries. In the home that you live, you we don't criticize those who read the word of God who should. Because they have their faith to live as well. So that, A, we see the timing. Look what it says, and from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures. I tell you, folks, I'm glad I got saved. But I would love to be saved when I was young. To go to those Bible classes and to learn God's Word. I remember taking my kids to the little programs they had in church. And what about I still have their little books? What a blessing it is! What how much I miss in life. But the timing right here, he knew about God when he was a little kid. He knew the scriptures when he was a little kid. Paul reminded him of that. He said, look what you got. Let it be, we see the truth. Verse 15, thou has a child that has known the holy scriptures. You know, what is the truth? Where do you find truth? The Bible says, oh, the Bible is full of errors. That's ignorance, first of all. The Bible is the word of the living God. It is a pure living word. There's no lies in the Bible. People say that we didn't even understand the Bible or never read one. Yep. But let me tell you, said, so I don't know the, the truth from the, the truth of the, the, and from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures. Well, the Word of God is truth. Right. You want to get to heaven is the truth. You need to receive Jesus as your Savior. Younger, That's the truth. Not about religion, Amen. not about I belong to this church and my name is in this church. You're not going to heaven. Yep. Actually, you're going to hell. You know, hell is full of people with, which, full of great intentions. Yeah, they did great things for humanity. They, did great, they had great intentions. They spent thousands of dollars supporting this thing and this thing and this thing. And they die and they find themselves in hell. Oh, but they did so good. They forgot one thing. They never give their lives to Christ. I'm not trying to be harsh here, but that's the truth. Paul reminds Timothy of this great truth. This young man may grow up in a home where the word of God was, it was used every day. This young man grew up, maybe a father, I don't know, we don't know how long the father was not in the picture. But let me tell you, he had a mother and he had a grandmother who had a backbone for God. Well, that's not true. But anyway, let us see See the treasure, the treasure. Look at verse 15. And thou, for my child, has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise and to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. So Paul reminds Timothy of a great significance of Scripture. Listen, folks, the greatest counsel we can get is from God's Word. You know, some, some, uh, two men, I was talking about the Lord at uh, work this week, and one guy said to me, I never go to church because I don't want to listen to somebody, uh, somebody's opinion about the Bible. I said to him, I said, did you ever read the Bible? Oh, no. So you don't have an opinion. So you're just talking for talking. And the other one goes, I don't go to church because, what did he say? Um, oh, I are talking about the money thing. But churches just want money. I'm like, really? I said, why don't you come to my church? I don't want your money. Actually, I will give you a tip for coming to church. I don't. I'll give you a tip to come to church. So you will? I said, yeah, I'll give a gift to you if you come to church. Why don't you show up? He looked at me like stunned, like, you know, like, Really? Like, I'm telling you, I'll give you a gift to come, just for coming to church. You see, when we find the truth in God's word, we find a treasure and Paul reminds Timothy of that Timothy, you find the treasure. Let me c- conclude with this. All right? Whatever you go, you take the name of your family with you. Old or young, when I go, anywhere I go, I bring the Barbosa family name with me. I'm respecting my father. But whenever I go, I take God's family name with me. I'm a child of God. The Lord is my father, or my heavenly father. Whenever I go, I gotta represent him well. Not because I have to, because I want to. When we want to, things are much easier. Then I have to. You follow that? When I have to is my like a duty, but but if I want to, because I want for my heart. It becomes much easier. So, commitment. I hope you are committed to be a good representative of God's name in a workplace, in your home, in the church, wherever you go. You're a good representative of God's name. I am a child of the King God is my heavenly father. I represent him well. But I'm also a child of somebody. I was born to this world by somebody. I'm going to represent my family well. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with what my parents did. I'm saying I represent my family well. And the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. The Bible is not saying don't honor them if they're wrong. The Bible says, "Honor thy father and thy mother. The mother' not telling, not, not telling us about their mistakes, because we all make them. but said, "Honor thy father and thy mother." That's what the Bible says. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy and your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. And Lord help us to be committed, as Timothy was. The Lord first started with a grandmother, and it went to a mother. And from that mother went to a son. And from that son, Lord, he went to a man in the faith. We call him my child in the faith. Timothy had good counsel. The counsel of a godly grandmother, the counsel of a godly mother, and the counseling of a church planter. I pray, Father, that we would take counsel from your word and from people that would build us up in the ways of the Lord. Lord, not everyone would give us godly counsel. Not everyone is worthy you have given us counseling, but Lord, help us, to guide us to those who do, that we will make a difference and represent you well in this world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.